1: All right, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast, uh, presented by Clutch Points. I am your host Blake Level. With me, as always, is my co-host Dylan Reagan, and we are back uh, with another. Exciting episode of the podcast. Uh, we enjoy recapping, but man, we love making our picks. And uh, as we know, uh, for anyone who listens to this podcast regularly, uh, making our picks for week four was not a successful venture. Uh, we, we we missed on a lot of them, but we're going to give ourselves another try here as we dive into week five, going game by game uh, to take a look at the action. And Dylan, uh, we were talking before we came on. Uh, it's a week where there are some potentially Really good games, but there are also some games that may not be great uh, because you do have still, as we know, we mentioned, you know, how many teams were a two and two and all that. You've still got a lot of teams uh, trying to figure some things out here as we go into week five.
0: First, I want to give you some credit. You're questionable on the injury list with a <laughs> bit of a stomach bug, but glad you're on the podcast here. Um, but yeah, no, for these for these games, like you said, there are some good matchups, but then some other ones that. Maybe you'll uh, want to turn your attention away from a bit more, especially with the NFL for some reason having 10 games in that first time slot and then only two in the afternoon so not sure what was happening there but there's a lot of games in the morning that you might be able to just kind of skim through and uh, maybe only pay attention for fantasy purposes.
1: Unlike Stefan Diggs uh, I was on the injury report for an actual injury (laughs) well um, we don't know what's going on there with the Vikings but I'm sure we'll get to that uh, a bit later Uh, but let's go ahead and start off with the Thursday night game which uh, usually we don't spend a ton of time on it but the last two weeks we've really had two really good games to talk about and it is your Los Angeles Rams here so we have to spend some some time on this as the Rams will try to get back on track as they head to Seattle to take on the Seahawks in the Thursday night matchup again most people are going to be listening to this podcast after this game is over uh, but I guess Dylan just what you're kind of looking at in this game we mentioned uh, we talked a lot about it in our previous episode about that game against the Bucks. just what a a weird game that was for the Rams uh, how you maybe see them uh, bouncing back here against a, a Seahawks team that that seemingly uh, found a little bit of momentum
0: Well, even for the last couple matchups these teams had last season, both came down to really last minute, kind of last drives from either side. The Rams won both games, but in one, they had to convert a fourth down in their own territory to run out the clock. Another one, the Seahawks are going for the winning touchdown, unable to convert. So Seattle has been able to put up points last season against them, and I think they'll be able to put up points again. I do think the Rams' defensive line will absolutely bounce back. I don't know how they could not after how badly they played Mm -hmm. um, against the Buccaneers. Still have concerns about their secondary. hager one of their starting linebackers is out so not going to be uh you know the rams kind of had a reality check on defense this past week i think they fell from fourth to tenth in a a football outsiders dvoa on defense it's a huge drop off in one week against i mean tampa bay yes they have a lot of uh firepower but you don't expect Jameis winston to Consistently go off like that, so for the Rams, it's going to be a challenge. I think I, I'm picking the Rams here. Uh, I think they are going to bounce back, and I think the offense at times had plays open. And I still don't really trust Seattle's defense. You know, they they came into last week and bounced back with a pretty good win, obviously against the Cardinals. Though I I, I still haven't seen you know between the Bengals game, the Seahawks, are and then when they face the Steelers, those first two weeks, uh, not really convincing wins. They come out week three, and until they get those late touchdowns against the Saints, were uh, down by a ton of points so I i haven't seen them really beat a quality opponent yet and i know it's on the road a short week but i think the rams and sean mcveigh will kind of have things figured out at least enough to pull out a win but with the spread of i believe seattle's favored by just one point right now uh, i have this also as my game of the week i i mean going back to last season again those two games were incredibly close great matchups high scoring and i think it'll be kind of a similar thing here as long as seattle uh doesn't try to run the ball too much and lets uh russell wilson do more of his thing like they did a week ago
1: yeah it's uh it's one of those deals where we've seen how good that that passing attack can be for the Seahawks it's just a matter of are they going to do it consistently Um, you know we've talked about Tyler Lockett DK Metcalf's come on Will Disley they've used him Uh, as well as they have and I mean there's just they've got a lot of options it's just how do they how do they use them and are they just going to continually go to the running game and Chris Carson you know we mentioned the fumble issues and all that but he's still someone uh, that's very good and it's just holding on to the ball Um, you're taking the Rams I'm not surprised by that But I'm going to go in the opposite direction. I'm going to take the Seahawks here because I do think that they have a little bit of momentum on their side and, uh, you know, a win over the Cardinals is a win over the Cardinals and there's, there's maybe not a ton we can take from that, but... I like the way they're playing, and uh, I just feel like they're going to be ready for for this type of matchup. And you don't, you know, you expect the Rams to to respond in a big way after that loss, but yet, I mean that was, it was such a unique set of circumstances. (laughs) Yeah, that that you don't know. I mean, on such a short week, um, are you still sort of shell-shocked in terms of just how that game played out? Uh, So that's something to keep in mind here. What we do know is that it seems like really the the past several games have just been excellent between these two. Um, They're must-watched Type of games, and even though these Thursday night ones sometimes are, are not great, uh, I don't think that's going to be the case here. I feel like we're going to get a pretty good game here uh, between these two teams. Clearly, uh, the two best teams in that division. Sorry, 49ers, uh, but uh, these are. (laughs) These are the two best teams in the division to me, and uh, we'll see uh, who gets the win there, and a big one, uh, no doubt, uh, for those two. Um, One that's maybe not on that level, uh, maybe go to the opposite end of the spectrum here, a game that, uh, like we said, there are some here that just do not on paper appear to be games that uh, everyone is going to be interested in. But from a fantasy perspective, this could be a great one. Uh, and I <laughs> said it last time on the on the podcast, is this was the one that I was really looking forward to from a fantasy perspective because you have the Arizona Cardinals at the Cincinnati Bengals. Neither team has won a game this season. Uh, neither team can play defense right now. Uh, just open it up, sling it around, let everybody on offense do their thing, and let's just hope for a high-scoring affair here
0: yeah I'm not sure you know what to expect in terms of the Bengals defense uh, I thought they actually played okay at certain points against Pittsburgh their offensive line was a disaster I think obviously the Cardinals we've talked about their offensive line being a struggle so if those lines can hold up and you know with how these defenses have played they might be able to I, I agree that this game is going to be one that you're going to be watching way more for fantasy obviously <laughs> with uh you know um John Ross out so there's going to be interesting uh, you know outside of Tyler Boyd uh Tyler Eifert these guys are probably gonna have better weeks Uh, last week I you know for everything Andy Dalton's done I I, that game yes he struggled obviously it's quite a bit but the offensive line was a disaster I think he'll bounce back against Arizona and put up at least manageable numbers but on the flip side for the Cardinals I think this is a Kyler Murray play for sure if you have Kyler Murray on your team maybe you have Aaron Rodgers I don't know but Kyler might be your play here I think he's gonna have a huge week I'm picking the Cardinals to win this game I've picked the Cardinals before to win games and they haven't won so I'm not feeling incredibly confident on either side It's going to be a weird game probably, uh, but I think Arizona will pull it out in the end.
1: Well, the John Ross thing is, is tough because we mentioned how how great of a start he got off to. And now, um, you know, probably not, not back for a while. But as you mentioned, there's so many different fantasy plays you can go here. I think David Johnson, complete lock uh, to have a huge game. Andy Dalton, probably the same way, even though Ross is out. And, and you know, there, there are injuries still there, but, I mean, Dalton's probably going to have to throw the ball. So uh, give me everyone here on offense because I don't, <laughs> I don't trust either defense at this point. So uh, when you have two teams like this, that are sort of desperate. It does feel like a game where it's a sneaky shootout, and I don't know that it's that sneaky just because we've seen uh, both of these defenses really have some struggles thus far this season. So uh, there you go. That that's a fantasy game, probably not one you're going to watch uh, if you're looking for perfection uh in terms of just uh great football uh, with with both teams just because they've been so inconsistent but uh, we'll see but yeah fantasy wise uh, play them all on offense um probably not the case for the next game dylan <laughs> the bills the <laughs> titans uh, the Titans are three-point favorites. By the way, the Bengals were three-point favorites in that one. I was picking the Cardinals, too. I don't know if I mentioned that. So we're both taking the Cardinals on the road. Uh, but with the Titans and the Bills, Titans are three-point favorites there. Um, and this is one where I don't know the who on offense you want to play in this one because uh, you've got two really stingy defenses. Um, it's the strength of both of those teams. Uh, and uh, believe it or not, as much as I talk about how the Titans are the most inconsistent team ever – uh they've got a big win last week against the falcons so the trend would be that they're going to come out and lay an egg here at home (laughs) against the bills and i think dylan i'm still going to pick the titans but i feel like you're going to go in the other direction because uh you may just play into what i said about that trend with the titans
0: but i feel like the titans go against whatever we think is actually going to happen at this point you know maybe this is the game where it's like we think they're going (laughs) to fall off and then sure enough they come out and (laughs) win a big one so uh, yeah I'm going with the Bills I got to stay on my brand here but really overall with their defense uh, you know I, was, I came across as I talked about in the last podcast even more impressed after what they did against Tom Brady and the Pats and sure enough that you know they had to change up their system with Isaiah Wynn out James Devlin out so there are a lot of things working in their favor but still to come out and have that defensive performance give up nine points if you don't include the blocked uh, punt and the touchdown for the Patriots they, they really dominated that game defensively I don't think the Titans are going to be moving the ball like they did a week ago by any means this bill's defense is yet to give up a touchdown to a tight end so if you have delaney walker maybe you look into another tight end if you can uh they've only given up one receiving touchdown all season too so i mean they've they face some weaker opponents before the pats but as we've talked about all the all the numbers all the you know ranking you know even uh taking those opponents into account the strength of that schedule they're still one of the best defenses i think they're going to carry them here i i still you know the titans defense one week they'll look great another week they'll give up you know a lot of yards a lot of big plays so in this one, even if Matt Barkley starts, yeah, that's the tougher thing, too. I mean, there's a chance Josh Allen, I know he's limited participant in practice. That will make a big difference here, too. I think what he can do with his legs against the Titans defense would be an absolute problem. Um, it's going to be a weird game. Another one that, like you said, uh, probably not going to be the highest scoring affair, and you know i could see it going either way so i'm gonna go with buffalo we're gonna keep on that trend as we keep talking about them being potentially one of the better teams in the afc at this point because beyond the chiefs and patriots i don't really know who has stood out so far
1: yeah no it's a good point and um you know as we know too when the the bills and the titans play it's uh it's always an entertaining game in some form or fashion uh, as someone <laughs> you know as someone who was at the music city miracle oh, wow. how many years ago that's been now um 20, that's I just think
0: almost exactly <laughs> yeah how
1: about that it's uh, gosh that you talk about feeling old that's uh that's one of those <laughs> things that makes you feel old but um yeah it's uh it's yeah it's a defensive game here and uh i'd love to see devin singletary come back for the bills because i think he can be really good uh w- without question and uh you see but hey here's the thing too let's point this out and we we kept laughing for a while until the bills uh lost the patriots last week i was laughing about them Possibly uh, being six and zero, of course, and all that. But there's a very good chance they win this game. They're going to be five and one because they host the Dolphins the next week. But on the positive side, then they host the Eagles, and then they host the Redskins. So I mean, you know, (laughs) there's a legitimate chance that if they they can win this game, they can win all three of those home games because the Eagles are really good, we know. But they're not invincible and, and we've seen them be inconsistent at times so uh, i'm still on the bills train right there with you but i'm gonna pick the titans here just because <laughs> i guess by picking the titans uh that's pretty much telling you that the bills are probably going to win uh so we'll, we'll go with that formula for now but yeah a, a nice a nice defense uh fantasy wise play them both because uh, you're probably gonna have situations where this is a low scoring game and uh yeah I would I would play both defenses here for sure, and uh, maybe stay away from the offense. Even though, I've got to give my guy Marcus Mariota. He's uh, he's played well, so you know, he's yeah. got to give him credit for that. No turnovers yet. <laughs> yeah, no turnovers. Over under here of thirty eight and a half. Uh, yeah, probably a defensive game. So we'll see. Uh, you're taking the Bills. I'm taking the Titans. Uh, we're both probably going to be taking the, the same team on this next one, as the Chicago Bears. And Oakland Raiders uh, go at it in uh, Europe. They will be in the game over there. And uh, the Bears are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Dylan, we've mentioned how great the Bears' defense has looked, uh, yet the Raiders getting that win against the Colts, who had injury situations, uh, but still, to go get a road win like they did, it's a big boost for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just – this is one of those games, look, the the Khalil Mack revenge game, uh, you've got him and and just – their car's been fine, but – There's a lot of possibilities for mistakes here, and in my opinion, this is a situation of defense traveling uh, overseas Mm -hmm. because I don't expect this to maybe be a a game where either offense, knowing that you know with Trubisky's injury, Chase Daniel, who did fine, uh, you don't feel like the Bears are going to be throwing 50-yard passes and and chunking it down the field. So knowing how good the Bears' defense is, another potentially low-scoring game here, I've got to go with the Bears.
0: Yeah, I'm going with the Bears as well we talked about the Raider winning we want to give them credit obviously but you're going from a team in the Colts defense which is 31st in uh, Football Outsiders DVOA to the Bears having the third best defense it's it's a huge uh, it's not a, it's night and day especially with Darius Leonard out last week for the Colts I, I don't think the Raiders offense is gonna be able to have much success on the ground throwing it's uh, their offensive line at certain times has looked fine and other times they just get ripped apart I think this week I mean Khalil Mack already said he's uh, has extra motivation going against his old team that's not i mean the guy he's already a monster no matter what if you want to add anything to his game I, that's a problem absolutely For the Bears' offense, you know uh, the Raiders have struggled against slot receivers, and I think with Chase Daniel, and you're talking about them not throwing the ball down the field. I think that really feeds into what they're going to want to do with the ball, throwing it, whether it be, uh, you know, some of these short, short kind of like dig routes and little things across the middle. That's where the Raiders have really struggled, and it fits right into Chase Daniel's strengths. Um, I, I think the Bears will be able to put up a decent amount of points. The Raiders' defense is not intimidating by any means uh it's i still don't think uh you know the five and a half spread uh, we'll see if the bears are able to cover that i I, you know like you said it's probably not gonna be a super high scoring game but i do think the bears will find a way to pull it out
1: yeah you feel like uh the raiders haven't been awful against the run this year but you do Mm -hmm. feel like that this is a situation where just with what dave montgomery three cohen can do that they're able to make some plays here uh like we said knowing that it's just one of those deals where you just don't expect the bears to be putting together long pass plays or anything like that um just you know because it is a situation where your defense is so good that you don't have to take too many risks here and knowing that you know in all honesty that the defense is probably going to score at some point so Um, knowing that you have you have that in your pocket uh, yeah if you're the Bears you you feel pretty good about this one over under on this one I think it's around 40 which is not surprising because it's it it, again knowing both offenses and and knowing that there's turnover potential in this game for for the Bears especially to to make points off of that uh, it's it's a good setup for the Bears because it seems like we've seen so many of these teams over the years their defense is so good and yet you look at their offense and you're just like man if they just had an offense that that could put it all together this team could just be unstoppable and with the Bears we'll see how things continue to develop there of course Trubisky's out uh, for a little bit but once they get him back they've got to have improvement there uh, for them to be a team that you're going to feel good about going into the playoffs but yeah should still get a win here uh, against the Raiders and probably I would say I don't know that five and a half to me it's interesting because I just don't trust the Bears enough on offense for them to put up enough points. Uh, so I do wonder if, if maybe it's a little bit closer than we expect, but we'll see yeah. um, with that one. Uh, the Bucks and the Saints. The Bucks will hit the road again as they head to New Orleans. Uh, the Saints are three-point favorites in that one. Uh, we well documented about the Bucks getting that that win over the, the Rams in the fashion that they did. And and we've said it a couple times already this season. It's clear that the Bucks are improved. Like like they're better in terms of mm-hmm. against the run on defense. That um, they're they're obviously getting better just in, as a whole on defense, and certainly their offense. You see the strides that they're starting to make under Bruce Arians. It's just I still wonder about the consistency, and that's what it all comes down to. Because that's what we said. You go in and beat the Rams like you did, fifty-five to, to forty. And yet the week before, you made Daniel Jones look like, you know, the best player, the best rookie to ever play the game. And so that's where I still don't trust the Bucks. And we mentioned that, you know, with Jameis Winston, I, you know, I put him in my waiver wire pickups for this week, but I clearly said, look, if you're asking me, do I, do I trust this guy 100% now? Of course not. Um, but I don't know. And that's why I'm going to go with the Saints here and mm-hmm. just knowing how well they played against the Cowboys, that was a big momentum boost for them. Um, They've still got to figure some things out on offense too, but this is a situation where – you're probably going to see some points put up in this game i would think and uh even though teddy bridgewater is another guy that's they're not going to be throwing 75 yard pass plays or anything like that most likely he's got enough playmakers to work with on that offense and he's going up against a defense that still is vulnerable in a lot Mm -hmm. of spots uh so i'll take the saints here even though i'm glad and i like to see what the bucks are doing but the saints feel like they're in a good spot
0: yeah, I was tempted to take the Bucks. I'm going to go with the Saints for a number of reasons. Yeah, obviously impressive of what their offense was able to do last week. I think the Saints defense, as we've seen against Seattle until late in that game and then last week against Dallas, and, you know, we criticized Dallas' game plan. But overall, the Saints defense is taking big strides. I think Marshawn Lattimore is getting back to how well he played as a rookie. And overall, the, I mean, their defense looks pretty strong right now. So I don't think we're going to see the Bucks. I mean, if they do – I mean, last year Fitzpatrick did have that week one game where they scored 48 points in New Orleans so – so, I mean, it's certainly possible that the Tampa Bay offense will get it going again. But again, week to week, it's just so inconsistent. It's really hard to know what to expect from Jameis and from that offensive line. So it'll be tough on that end. Another part, I mean, last week we talked. I talked about Alvin Kamara and how you know Dallas's defense is kind of designed to stop him and slow him down I don't think Tampa Bay has anyone that can really guard him so I think Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. fantasy wise obviously you're going to play him every week if you have him but I think this is going to be a big performance for him with their uh, what they're able to do and obviously we go from an uh, offensive line in the Rams which is really struggling quite a bit to the Saints have one of the better offensive lines they figured it out quickly with Unger out uh, you know retiring and everything so I think New Orleans you know shaq Barrett still you know a, re- a revelation for Tampa Bay i mean he was already doing some great things before but now he's he's earning himself a big contract this offseason with how he's played it's not it's not a fluke he's he's a legit star but i I think the Saints have the resources to kind of limit him and a lot of their heavier packages they've been using already this season especially with Teddy Bridgewater and I think there's enough reasons and enough trust in just Sean Payton and the Saints overall team to pick them here and with that three-point spread I think they'll cover it but it's another you know with Tampa Bay I feel like it's, uh, it's Jekyll and Hyde we don't really know what we're <laughs> going to get with them each week one week uh, like you said Daniel Jones is looking like the best quarterback in the NFL <laughs> And they still gave up a ton of passing yards last week. Obviously, the Rams threw a ton. Um, But the defensive line really ate – well last week i don't think they're gonna do the same in new orleans
1: yeah bucks meet the titans because uh those are two teams that you look (laughs) at and it feels like you don't know what you're going to get from either one of them each week um even though there are a lot of places both those teams have improved uh, but you still don't know and it's funny because we were talking about camara and i would be in the same thing i say you know play him obviously you're playing him in fantasy but you feel like you can put together a good game here what it's interesting in looking up the stat the Bucks, of the teams that have played four games, which the 49ers are the, are the number one team at this particular category, but there's only two other teams right behind them, the Patriots and the Bucks are the two best teams at allowing the least fantasy points uh, to running backs this season. Mm-hmm. So um, that just shows you that they are getting better there. But again, Alvin Kamara is kind of a, another beast to, to try to handle it's more of a
0: receiver is the thing. <laughs> yes. and I think that's kind of where you're going to see them uh, be able to exploit yep. Tampa Bay's defense. Like you said, yeah, they're one of the better rush defenses so far, but that's partially because their secondary is yep. uh, not that great.
1: <laughs> no. And that's what I think they're maybe ninth, 10th in terms of uh, the, the, most points allowed to wide receivers so essentially uh with Kamara he's kind of like we said he's kind of that middle guy in there but uh, yeah he should have no problem here and and knowing too we we said this whenever Drew Brees went out he is he's going to be on the field all the time and they are going to literally try to run every single thing that they can through him <laughs> um and you know he's he's going to have the workload that's for sure so we'll both take the Saints here uh, could be a really good game though just knowing uh where these two teams are at right now and, and with the momentum that the Bucks built with that win there in los angeles all right the next up and uh this is one we may spend a little time on because there, there's so many fascinating aspects to this game here um, with the giants and the vikings the giants at home vikings are five and a half point favorites in this one um <laughs> i tell you but let, let's just start with the giants because Golden Tate's back, and that gives Daniel Jones uh, another you know player to work with there in terms of that receiving core. I mean, Saquon Barkley is clearly just not human because they are even talking about him wanting to play this weekend i don't think he's going to of course but um he wants to be back very very soon now are they going to allow him to come back are they going to be a little bit more patient here that's what i would say but um clearly this guy is is almost ready to come back uh but yet we've seen how well sterling Shepard, evan ingram um wayne gallman played well in those spots last week don't think that's going to be the case this week it's a much tougher defense uh and it's the, the giants are very fascinating to me because they do have this tough upcoming schedule. Uh, Daniel Jones showed some some signs that you know he's not the perfect quarterback, and we we never expected him to be. Uh, he did that last week against the Redskins. As we know he had some some throws that weren't great, but that's to be expected. And then on the other side with the Vikings, uh, we are once again <laughs> yeah, like we're in this situation where like this is the week for the Vikings if they are going to be a team that we can honestly say can win that division and can make can win multiple games in the playoffs they have to win this game and I think they have to do it convincingly because this is the kind of matchup for Kirk Cousins for Adam Thielen for Stefan Diggs that you have to be able to do something with now are they going to Are they going to throw the ball? I don't know because they're very frustrated right now, and we know that. I mean, we we've seen it. That passing offense is nowhere to be found. Essentially, uh, we saw it a little bit against the Raiders. Thielen had a great game, but you're, there still isn't going to be a team that's out there throwing the ball, you know, a ton, and mm-hmm. everything's going to run through Dalvin Cook. Either way, the Vikings should win this game, but I would be lying if I said that I completely trusted this team in this spot uh, just because I just don't know what we're going to get week in and week out from them from an offensive standpoint.
0: I think you made a good point. If they're going to... They have to win this game convincingly. If they're going to become the team that we you know before the season thought they could be think they can be so they have to be able to beat opponents like the Giants and with ease I have this as my lock of the week oh. for the Vikings I do think they're gonna <laughs> I think they're gonna respond quite well uh their their Achilles heel so far is these teams with these great defensive lines and that's not going to be the Giants uh, when the Vikings can't get the running game going as you mentioned they can't run play action they can't do what they want with the passing game their offense is been pretty awful and we've seen it now twice so far this season but it's been against uh, better defensive fronts than what the giants uh you know yeah. possess right now so i think minnesota especially after last week kind of an embarrassing loss that there, yeah there's turmoil with all the you know the digs rumors and all those quotes he had you know on thursday about you know uh, you know every, there's some truth to every rumor and all that stuff i mean he said that he hasn't requested a trade but he doesn't know if his agent has so there's some mm-hmm. drama here i do think on the other side though the vikings defense presents a Much bigger challenge to Daniel Jones in that offense than even the Redskins did, and we saw him struggle that week. Yeah, Saquon probably still a week away, which is already incredible, the fact that he's going to probably be back week six against the Patriots um so but yeah for the Vikings I think you know after this game for their next six games are against the Eagles Lions Chiefs and Cowboys all teams that you know we've been high on uh, obviously have uh, produced some pretty great results over the first few weeks even you know some losses but the Eagles are stronger than their record uh, the Cowboys you know probably better than what we saw them do against the Saints last Sunday so some tough matchups coming up they got to take care of business here I-, I think the Giants you know it's been exciting the last two weeks they won a couple games looking you know things are on the uptrend and you know there's reason for optimism as a Giants fan moving forward with this franchise and with Daniel Jones as your quarterback, but I do think this week will be a reality check that you know they're not there yet. And the Vikings, uh, as much as I don't trust uh, their offensive line, I, I think this is a week where Dalvin Cook will really kind of show off. You know what we've seen from him in limited spurts in the first few weeks i think the passing game will get it going as a result i mean play action is such a big part of what kurt cousins can do i don't think the giants are gonna be able to defend it too well and i don't think they're gonna be able to put up enough points to cover here
1: yeah giants in the bottom five and allowing points to quarterbacks and wide receivers both so that they have every team has been able to throw on them and if this is going to be the week uh, you have to be able to do it um, and again knowing that dalvin cook can break out for a long play at any time that helps you. Now, I want to point this out. Phil Yates put this out on Twitter here. Actually, not long after we started recording, and I just saw it come across. He, he was pointing out someone that, that works at the uh, the ESPN Stats Info, does all that. So here, here's a great stat. Like, all of this frustration with the Vikings, uh, pass offense and everything, and, and people trying to figure out, well, why are Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs? Why are they, they upset? Uh, why are, are they having issues here? Well, here you go. It's so the players with the biggest negative difference in targets through four games the last two years. So a minimum of 10 10, 10 targets, okay, for both years. Adam Thielen minus 34, Stefan Diggs minus 24. So. They're not – the usage is just not there. And and so that's something where you're seeing that frustration uh, come out. And And like we said, though, when we started the season, this is I – mean, we saw in the very first game. This is not going to be a team that's sitting there throwing the ball 45 times a game. And, and more than likely, they are not want to throw the ball 30 times a game. And so that really just ah, – that, that makes the Vikings such a hard team to figure out because even if they do only throw the ball 30 times a game – Kirk Cousins we still have our concerns and it's like how much can you take advantage of those 30 throws um and so I don't know man this is your lock I'm telling you I'm telling you to switch it because I don't know I don't trust the Vikings here and they were my pick to win this division
0: yeah I I, I'm gonna go with I'm still gonna stick with it as my lock of the week even with all that I I still think the Vikings have enough on defense I, I just don't think the Giants are gonna be able to put up The kind of numbers to really compete here, and like you said, the the fantasy stats against from passing games. I I think this is a game where the Vikings are kind of, kind of, you know, put their foot down and show that they still are, you know we talk about all the all the talent and possible playoff teams in the nfc i still think the vikings deserve to be mentioned above them i still think the giants are a few steps away at this point
1: <laughs> yeah no doubt uh, we'll see but we're gonna save that we're gonna play that at the <laughs> intro next week uh if uh, the giants are somehow able to win this game but yeah vikings five and a half point favorites we're both still picking the vikings but uh, like i said there there are the, there are some concerns uh, here moving forward all right a game that shouldn't be very close uh and just like you said the vikings giants perhaps shouldn't be very close this one shouldn't Either the Eagles are 13.5-point favorites at home against the Jets. Uh, This is my lock of the week. I just don't see a sit scenario here where even coming off a big win, people worry about letdowns and all that. Uh, The Eagles really seem to find something in that win against the Packers. And now – they're back at home. Uh, they're playing a team that is very vulnerable, as we know. Even though they're coming off the bye here, this is still a team that has not looked good. Um, and just, I mean, there's what else do you say? I mean, the Eagles are just a much better team here from top to bottom on both sides of the ball, and you feel like they should they should take care of business here pretty convincingly.
0: Yeah, if, if Luke Falk's gonna be the quarterback for the Jets, still, I, I mean, the, I, we we know right now the Eagles uh, on their one, you know, uh, weakness is absolutely their pass defense. Even when the Packers, you know, they couldn't punch it in down at the end of the game to kind of tie it, but they they had, I mean, a ton of success to the air. All the injuries they've had, but even before that, Philadelphia's pass defense has been a mess. Uh, I shouldn't be a problem though against the Jets because their pass offense is a disaster. Uh, even if Sam Darnold comes back, I don't, you know, they said Adam Gay said there's some tests going on, so. Uh, and determining on that he could play this week. I still don't think they're going to be able to, you know, get clicking immediately after that. Uh, with the on the flip side, I think the Eagles' offense, as you mentioned, they found they found it. And their offensive line was imposing. I think on both sides, their offensive defensive lines are going to cause problems all game. There's, uh, one of the better run defenses still in the NFL, uh, fifth in uh, run defense by Football Outsiders DVOA. So, uh, Le'Veon Bell owners, uh, hopefully, he gets something going. He's going to have probably a ton of touches still, but it's not going to be easy against the Eagles' front. Uh, flip side again Eagles offense I think they're gonna have a huge day I, I think they'll probably cover as well but didn't want to didn't want to double up here on the lock of the week <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no I'm not not as trustworthy when it comes to teams not named the Dolphins uh, when it comes to these big double digit uh, scenarios so uh, I'm, I'm still gonna take it because I, I just I, I think the Eagles win this game pretty handily um, even though You know, you do have Le'Veon Bell. You do have uh, Robbie Anderson, who potentially can make big plays with what they can do. Uh, I still think the Eagles' offense is going to be really good here, and you're going to play all your wide receivers, and you're going to get some good value out of that because uh, they are in a good spot in this game. All right, a game that certainly looks a lot better on paper going into the season, uh, looks a little bit different now. That is the Ravens uh, hitting the road to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. Um, Ravens kind of came back down to earth last week uh, with that home loss to the Browns. For me, Dylan, all that does is is make me feel more confident that they're going to come out very refocused here against the Steelers team. Look, they beat the Bengals, and, and to be honest, it you know it was it was what it was a three touchdown win, but it really wasn't that impressive, I guess, um, mm-hmm. because the, the Bengals just aren't very good. And that um, now you have the Ravens on the road here always when these two teams play it's going to be you know it's going to be a physical type of game Uh, it's going to be one that's probably pretty close but if you're just comparing the playmaking ability if you're comparing where both teams are maybe defensively and such even though I know what happened to the Ravens last week you just you have more confidence here in what Lamar Jackson and that offense is going to be able to do because there are still some concerns uh, with Mason
0: Rudolph leaving the way leading the way there uh, for the Steelers yeah, I it, I picked the Ravens as well. I, I don't feel that incredibly confident with how Baltimore's defense has played. They're, they've dropped down now to 29th in DVOA on defense, uh, yeah. awful against the run and the pass. Uh, That's one thing. If Pittsburgh is going to win, they're going to need James Conner to have a huge day. And I think it's possible, absolutely, in this game. And and the Steelers' defense, you know, the last couple weeks has looked a lot better. Minka Fitzpatrick is part of that. But overall, I think, you know, their defensive line is not going to be dominating the same way they did against the Bengals' offensive line and how bad they've looked. Uh, The Ravens present a much bigger challenge with what they can do on offense, with their blocking, running scheme, everything. So I'm picking the Ravens, too. But I wouldn't be shocked if Pittsburgh comes in here and maybe a lower scoring game than the uh, the over under might predict and uh, if the defense can you know hold its own at least and not you know kind of limit the Ravens similar to what the Browns did I think the Steelers have a shot absolutely in a game that's closer to you know maybe 2017 than something in the higher 20s or uh, low 30s
1: yeah, it could be one of those, and I think the the over under right now for that one's a forty four and a half. Uh, you you could see it being a bit of a lower scoring type of game. you Really, just I'm very intrigued to see you know the offense for the Ravens, how mm-hmm. how they're able to sort of get back on track, uh, knowing you know how the past couple of weeks have gone, and and they just can't afford to put themselves in these situations where you know remember the game against the Chiefs where they got down big, uh, same thing with yeah. the Browns, and it's just sort of you know that they're they're putting themselves uh, behind the eight ball, so to speak they just they can't afford to do that it's going to be a little bit better situation here because you're not playing an offense that's as explosive as we saw with the Chiefs and the Browns so maybe that's where the Ravens are able to take advantage and get a big road win here because they would certainly like to get back on track here in that division just kind of knowing that we have quite a mess in that division now (laughs) Um, the Bengals are not a factor but everyone else at least you know still a situation where i mean
0: yeah <laughs> if, the, if the steelers win and the browns uh, fall on monday night then you have a yep. three-way time <laughs> exactly so yeah there's there's no guarantees and, and we don't really know how that division is going
1: to play out which is kind of what we expected but it's almost like it's a we're, we're looking at it in a different way now because um, all three of those teams have certainly shown their vulnerabilities uh, thus far this season one team that has really not shown any vulnerability and that's the patriots um they head into the nation's capital take on the redskins patriots are 15 and a half point favorites here um the Dwayne haskins era Started last week and it did not look good, uh, and now it's a situation where I think a lot of Redskins fans, Dylan, that like they just sort of expected Haskins to come in and, and be like a Daniel Jones type, where he's just going to come in and completely change things. And I've heard someone talking about this this week. If that was going to happen, he had literally the best scenario possible against the Giants to be able to do that. And it just it didn't turn out very well. And so, what do the Redskins do now at quarterback? Where do they go from here? And we mentioned the Jay Gruden situation. If the Patriots come out and win this game, you know, thirty-five to three or something, that that's where you start looking this and say, well, they may be making a move here soon. And and this is all speculation, but you just think about how that whole thing unfolds. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you don't put up a fight here, and you're not in a situation where this game's even close. I don't know you know it's it's one of those where it could get ugly just knowing how the well the Patriots have played and just knowing how vulnerable that secondary has been for the Redskins uh, this could be a huge game for the Patriots
0: yeah I think taking your advice from earlier I, I'm really considering moving this to my lock of the week <laughs> I, I mean as you just mentioned we have a Washington offense that struggled against a Giants defense which has been pretty bad and now here you face perhaps the best defense in the nfl at least in my opinion top two or three with the bills so yeah i think the patriots even if you know they're still adjusting to life without james devlin life without Isaiah Wynn, and uh some of these things i think they have enough weapons and are able to exploit teams like this well enough with all the talent they do have i still think they're gonna be able to have a big offense today and on the defensive side i think i mean we saw what they did against the bills we've seen what they've done all season he finally gave up a defensive touchdown, but it—I mean—it was like scratching and clawing until they got that fourth down with Gore just barely getting in, or actually, I think it was Josh Allen going over the top. So, man, I—I—I'm really tempted to move it to my lock of the week. I think I'm going to just you know <laughs> to alleviate some of the stress I'll have uh, about abnormally wanting the Vikings to cover uh-huh. in the Meadowlands. I'm gonna move it to the, the Patriots here. Uh, the Redskins are just. Uh, somehow they've gotten worse. I mean, over the first couple weeks, I did compliment them a bit of, you know, kind of sticking in these games against the Eagles and Cowboys. And then last week was just horrible. Their offensive line is terrible, and the Patriots with Kyle Vannoy, I mean, you see the things he's able to do. I mean, this team came out last week against the Bills, and that defense showed, as much as Buffalo's defense is great, they showed, you know, they're the class of the NFL. This is a defense that's premier. you know, going back to the first, pay, uh, you know, Super Bowl Patriots team back in 2001, on that kind of level of dominance, really. Um, and I think they're going to have a huge day, and I think they're going to win by 20s plus points. And I don't <laughs> think it's necessarily J- Jay Gruden's fault, though. I-, I think there's a lot of other problems there. Hope he, you know, finds an offensive coordinator job somewhere else. Shortly after this ends, because I, you can't really see it ending well for the Redskins at this point.
1: No, I'm glad you're learning. You're backtracking on the Vikings, and uh, <laughs> we'll see how that works out. But yeah, it's Belichick the, we trust. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the Patriots are just so good, and and you're playing a team that has not been able to do anything or show any sort of consistency whatsoever, um, even with a you know, not an easy schedule, but I mean, they've had games where, I mean, you know, you played the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Bears and, um, and the Giants last week, and but they, but you've had opportunities to, to kind of show that. And there's no consistency with the Redskins right now and, and how we expect them to put up points against the Patriots. Um, you shouldn't because it's, uh, it's probably not going to happen. Um, all right. The matchup between uh, our two favorite expansion teams here. As yes. the uh, the Jags and the Panthers always love when these two meet because it takes you back to the day uh, when they both came into the league and uh, what a fun fun era that was. You had Tom Coughlin who's been around both teams now, uh, but this one looks a little bit different, of course, as uh, Mark Brunel is not on the field anymore. Um, <laughs> and now we move into this one here because instead uh, he's replaced by Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania is all over the place um, as the Jags go in as three-and-a-half-point underdogs here, Panthers three-and-a-half-point favorites. So um, this is one where I think both teams, certainly not the quarterback battle, we expected to start the season with Nick Foles and Cam Newton both injured. Uh, and and really, I don't know that we have a strong grasp on either one of these two teams. Uh, we mentioned mm-hmm. consistency with the Redskins. It's not to that level with these two, but we still don't really know what we're going to get week in and week out. I mean, Leonard Fournette broke out, had a huge game against the Broncos. Uh, the Panthers, Kyle Allen has looked, man, you know, he's looked fine thus far. Um, you know, it's just they've won, so you win games. That's really all that matters. Christian McCaffrey, two running backs here that are going to be be the talk of this game uh, with Fournette and McCaffrey. But otherwise, a lot of stuff that we don't really know what to expect. Uh, Dylan, I will let you make your pick first on this one.
0: I'm going to yeah I'm going to go with the Jaguars this is my upset of the week here 3.5 point underdog so not a huge spread for the Panthers at home and before I go into why I think Jacksonville win I do want to say I think the Panthers defense still may, might be one of the most underrated units in the NFL so far they're fifth in DVOA defense uh, but one place they have kind of struggled on defense is their run defense and um, you know for all the Gardner Minshew love I mean maybe he is already the second best quarterback in Jags history behind Mark Brunel we'll find out soon but <laughs> I do think Leonard Fournette is still the basis of that offense and still what they want to do is uh, pound the rock and uh, Carolina right now 29th in rush defense. Defense. They've gotten, they've really struggled, um, uh, you know, per attempt average against and all that stuff. So I think for Jacksonville, they're going to be able to control the tempo, and I think their defense is good enough. We saw Kyle Allen struggle against the Texans' defense, which you know had, you know, JJ Watt had the huge strip and made some big plays, but overall, they're not, you know, one of the best units in the NFL. think Jacksonville over the last couple weeks has shown that they're maybe not back to their dominant ways from 2017 but they're still a great uh, strong unit really that needs to be respected and and I don't think Carolina right now with Kyle Allen if he's able to put up big points I mean we'll, we'll be talking about jumping back on his hype train but I think out of these uh, young guys these uh, quarterbacks that really blossomed a couple weeks ago I'm not going to pick against Gardner Minshew again I made m- that mistake last week and then he started making moves in the pocket <laughs> shaking and baking and making all sorts of plays and even even more throws beyond just the improvising where you know on that fi- final drive he's uh, anticipating routes has a ton of chemistry obviously with DJ Chark but overall just that passing game looks so much better than what we could have imagined without Nick Foles uh, gonna go with Jacksonville as the upside. Uh, win here well
1: i'm gonna pick the jags too it's not an upset of the week uh spoiler alert we still got (laughs) we still got one to come on that but uh yeah i just i don't know there's just something about the jags that i seem to trust right now and i it's just i don't know that they're finding ways to get it done and with Fournette breaking out the way they way he did last week said, I don't really expect he's not going to put up twenty two hundred twenty five or 225 yards or whatever against the Panthers but um, at least maybe that gives him some confidence here uh, DJ Chark we've talked about someone that continues to kind of raise his stock uh, I don't know yeah it's just it's a deal where I don't I don't trust either one of these two teams but uh, yeah. maybe I'm in a situation where I do trust uh, the Jaguars a little bit more at this point, so I will take them to here, both of us uh, taking the upset here in a matchup uh, with that one. So uh, next up is the Falcons heading to Houston to take on the Texans. Um, Texans are five-point favorites in this one, and just gave you a spoiler alert. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing it, Dylan. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Why am I doing this? It's burned me so many times now. Um, I will take the Falcons here as my upset of the week just because I don't trust the Texans at all either. And I, I think it's a situation where you have two teams, no trust whatsoever between either one of these two teams. Um, and there's just, there's just something about the Falcons that as bad as they looked against the Titans, it's one of those where they're almost in that same category where... You expect them to come in here. Um, everybody expects them to lose, but yet it could just be one of those games where they take advantage of a, a bad secondary and mm-hmm. are able to to find a way to score enough points to win.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be. I, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I, I think the Texans' offense is gonna play much better than they have the last uh, few weeks, where we've seen some of the games against you know Jacksonville and last week against Carolina, where they've really struggled. I don't think that's gonna be the case. Atlanta's defense is huge problem as we've talked about. Um their offense, you know, has gotten it going. Certain halves they look great, other halves they don't. I'm still picking the Texans here. I've not picked the Texans many times this season and it's worked out decently well for me. Um but I in this game I I, Atlanta at this point, I really don't think their defense is in a place where I can pick them to win on the road in this in this situation where, you know, the Texans, as much as I have been critical about them, I still think Deshaun Watson is an absolute stud. I think he's going to come back much better this week and in a high scoring game that i you know i could see going either way i'm not necessarily saying the texans are going to cover that 5 point spread i think it's going to come down to a field goal potentially uh, near the end of the game but I think uh, Houston in this one going to go with the win. Uh, until I see the Falcons uh, play up to what I believe they can be, I, I'm not going to be picking them on the road in this kind of game. <laughs> well, I'm going to make the mistake of doing that because uh, both defenses not very good right now.
1: Uh, with with Neal's injury, it clearly has changed the Falcons' defense, and it, it does. It puts them in a spot where they've got to score points, and that's what I'm just going to rely on, that they're able to win a 34-31 a type of game here because yeah. – um, that's that's what it's probably going to look like. So there are potential, you know few potential high scoring games this week, uh, but it's it's not necessarily about anything more than just having some bad defenses on the field because um, that's maybe what we're going to see here. In uh, this one, we mentioned the Cardinals and the Bengals earlier. Uh, but yeah, you, you could probably feel pretty good about playing anyone fantasy-wise on offense uh, in the, between these two teams, uh, with the Falcons and the Texans. So you'll take the Texans, I'll take the Falcons, uh, and we will see what happens in that one. Alright, we go to the afternoon slate as the Broncos head to los angeles to take on the chargers who are six point favorites in this one uh the broncos two losses here where you, you lose on a game-winning field goal there they're very deflated right now because uh this is a team this season can look completely different there you don't feel like they're as bad as their record shows um but yet mm-hmm. <laughs> but the problem is you have to go play the chargers now who um, are really good and are getting one of their their game-changing players back in melvin gordon Makes it all set up to me, Dylan, to look like a Chargers win here. Uh, I don't, you know, it's one of those, it seems like when these two teams play, you don't particularly trust, uh, you know, the favorite necessarily because there there have been some weird games between these two teams. Uh, but I, I still feel confident enough to say the Chargers are going to get the win here.
0: Yeah, I, I you know my trust issues with the Chargers. I'm still picking them here. Uh, this is the kind of trap game though that I it feels like over the years always happens where they do fall in these kind of situations. I do think the offense has looked great through the air, not just because they're playing the Dolphins last week, but overall they've been able to pass the ball well. And if Philip Rivers stops throwing off his back foot in weird situations where he doesn't need to force it in and gets the ball picked off, I you know they're going to be fine. And I think with Melvin Gordon back. Uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, I think we finally did see kind of the weakness uh, when he's not there and some of the things they could probably exploit with him and having that dynamic duo between him and Austin Eckler. It's like a almost like a light version of the Marking Ingram, Alvin Kamara situation uh, in past years at the Saints. I think the Chargers are going to be able to put up points. The Broncos defense has been so disappointing. Um, and, I, you know, their offense looked a little bit better last week against a, a tough Jags defense. Um, and the Chargers have so many injuries on their defense and it's been an issue for sure. I just don't think they have the firepower though to exploit some of the uh, issues the Chargers have with all their injured safeties Uh, I'm gonna go with the Chargers to win uh, but again it's it's the Chargers it's early in the year it's a team they should beat it's the kind of game that uh, makes me kind of you know want to check it twice and make sure I'm really confident in the pick Uh, it's hard to pick against them with the talent they have on offense though at this point
1: yeah I think Melvin Gordon steps back in right here and and doesn't have much of a problem I I think he gets back on track pretty quickly Um, and you know with Austin Eckler certainly as an austin eckler owner in fantasy uh, it's a it's a sad sad scene but i still think he's certainly he's going to be involved moving forward um and the chargers uh, their nucleus on offense is just so good uh, that you feel like th- they're going to be able to, to overcome some of those injuries they have on defense so uh we'll see what happens uh we're both taking the chargers you don't trust them as much as i do but your your trust issues with the chargers is well documented at this point on the established Pass podcast so um all right next up a game that may be a little bit better as the Packers head to Dallas to take on the Cowboys Cowboys three and a half point favorites in that one this is my game of the week Uh, probably that case for a lot of people um, just knowing where these two teams are at right now Uh, but again here's a here's a game where it maybe doesn't look exactly like we expected it to because the the Thought process is that Devontae Adams is not going to play in this game, uh, which which hits you know the Packers offense quite a bit, as good as he's looked thus far this season. Um, And now you go into Dallas, where the Packers defense certainly showed some vulnerabilities in that game against the Eagles. Our Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper able to take advantage of that. Um, It's just I'm going to take the Cowboys here even though we we saw the flaws with the Cowboys against the Saints and we said, well, maybe it was just that that first three weeks where they pretty much didn't play anybody. Uh, Now they played a good team and just couldn't do anything on offense. I still don't have that much of a concern with them. I'm going to take the Cowboys at home here just because they are at home.
0: Yeah, I initially actually had the Packers. I'm switching to the Cowboys. Uh, the more I think about the overall matchup, and I, it's hard to, you know, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and he can take off, and that was kind of what I was going to go with, seeing that, you know, I don't think Dallas's defense, as much as they uh, performed well against the Saints, I think they're still, you know, not not one of the top ten units necessarily in the NFL at this point in my mind, and uh, according to the Football Outsiders DVOA. So I don't think that's the most intimidating part, but I think Dallas's offense will get back on track. I do think they have enough. Their offensive line kind of is you know definitely one of the better ones in the NFL and they're going to be able to kind of do what we saw last week with the Eagles where they were able to win up front against the Packers pass rush and you saw when the Packers couldn't get any pressure on Wentz what happened there I think we'll see a much better game plan from Kellen Moore hopefully he learns from what we saw last week in New Orleans they're at home yes there'll be a lot of Packer fans they travel everywhere but I don't it's not going to be the same kind of atmosphere where it's harder to communicate an offense for Dallas I think that plays a big role in their able uh, their ability to get the win in this game I do think the Packers will still put up points uh, even if Devontae Adams is out but again it, that that also is another part for me as the more I started to think about without what he was he was such a huge part of what we saw against Philadelphia when he was out they still moved the ball but it was uh, more of a process um, and I think Dallas you know they do have uh, as I, we've talked about before some of the best linebackers in the NFL so Aaron Jones in the passing game might not be the hugest threat he might have a better game running Uh, but overall I think Dallas has too much firepower and offense here at home I think they're gonna get back on track but it's gonna be a close one definitely you know right behind in my mind Ram Seahawks this will be the game of the week for sure
1: yeah it should be a really good game and and like we said it's it's the Devontae Adams thing for me is probably what stands out the most when I look at this and think how they match up uh, because, you know, Marquez Valdez scaling, he's, he's emerging as a really good player. Um, But that offense just doesn't pack the exact same type of punch. And we've seen the frustration sometimes with the play calling which we documented a lot uh, in that game against the eagles especially in the situation from the one yard line and so um i don't know this this feels like a scenario where the cowboys are setting up well able to bounce back after that loss against the saints uh, we'll see if that happens we're both going with the cowboys there in that one all right that gets us to the sunday night game between the colts and the chiefs uh, at arrowhead stadium uh the chiefs are 11 point favorites in this one um, and they just continue, as we mentioned on the last episode of the podcast. They just keep finding ways to win, and they're doing so in spectacular fashion. Uh, and now you've got a Colts team that's that's dealing with injuries and just came off a loss to the Raiders. Add all that up, this was like a pretty good spot for the Chiefs uh, to keep on rolling here.
0: Yeah, I the Colts defense, even if Darius Leonard's able to play, and I I read just before we started recording that him and T Y Hilton were able to uh, be at practice. But uh, man, there's no way I'm going to pick against the Chiefs. Uh, you know, last week, even though they barely won against the Lions, I think the Lions, as we've talked about, and uh, you said it in particular, that they're a pretty strong team and able to win that game in that fashion. I, I don't think you know before the Colts game against the Raiders, we did kind of talk about their DVOA um, numbers, showing that the Colts weren't maybe as good as we thought on defense, and their defense really uh, just looked kind of hollow against Oakland. I think the you know if you if you have anyone on the Chiefs again, just like it feels like every week play those guys in fantasy because they're going to put up a ton of points back at home. I think they're going to cruise to a win. I I think they'll probably cover this 11-point spread, but uh, even even if they don't, I still think they're going to find a way to win this game. I don't think the Colts have enough – on offense at this point to you know they, they can run the ball and they'll probably you know be able to do some things with marlon mack and these guys and they might have decent fantasy weeks but the chiefs they just have so much firepower It doesn't end up mattering you can run and run and run but next thing you know they're scoring another touchdown uh, at home pretty easy pick here i think with kansas city
1: yeah i think it's a, a confident one and this could have yeah honestly this could have easily been my lock of the week probably because it's mm-hmm. you just the, the colts you just don't have the confidence in them after that game against the raiders and then the injury situation like we said and just knowing how how well the chiefs have played um you know potentially getting damon damon williams back tyree kills practice like it's just like the chiefs have been so good and they've had some of their better players injured like now they get them back and Mm. it's like i mean it's (laughs) the possibilities are endless now uh for them so yeah the chiefs uh, should get a dominating victory here on sunday night but that wraps us up with the browns and the 49ers um the niners still undefeated here as they uh step into week five they are three and a half point favorites here at home against the browns and dylan i will tell you that's a little surprising to me because uh, as well as we saw the browns play last week and while the 49ers it's great that they're you know haven't lost a game when you look at the schedule i mean you know it's it's not exactly something where i don't know like it's a deal where i don't know that i completely trust them yet I'm yeah. going to take the Browns here, but even though I don't, I don't completely trust them either, um, I still think that they're able to build off of what they did against the Ravens and really maybe could just turn this into something to where they finally start to click like we expected them to uh, before the season started
0: yeah the 49ers didn't play last week but i think i'm starting to kind of buy into them more as i look into you know obviously dvoa wise we talked last time again about dvoa with mm-hmm. the 49ers defense being now number two in the nfl above the bears i, I think they are you know their opponents this is going to be a much tougher matchup but the as we last week with the browns they, they face a, Bra- a ravens defense as we mentioned has been struggling a lot more this is on the road on monday night i think it's going to be a, a, a pretty good game for the 49ers offense I think you know with the way that Kyle Shanahan's been able to scheme up a lot of big chunk plays and with all the injuries the Browns still have I, I initially had the Browns and I want I think the Browns can win this game but I, I think right now with the 49ers I'm starting to buy in a little more I know you mentioned earlier you think the Seahawks and Rams are the best two teams in NFC West and while I tend to agree I think 40 the 49ers if the Rams are going to play worse and you know kind of decline a bit from past seasons and the Seahawks as I've mentioned I'm not still fully bottom them I think the 49ers are right in that conversation Um, At home with a week off going into it, I think outside of Luke Falk, a lot of these quarterbacks that the Browns have faced have been able to find the end zone. I think their defense, though, again, will be the big factor here. If they if they're able to get pressure as they have early in the year against a lot of their opponents, we've seen what Baker Mayfield kind of can turn into. Mm -hmm. I think Nick Chubb is going to be the uh, if the Browns do win, he's going to be the equalizer. I mean, everything it's it's a lot. It's kind of similar to what we see with Todd Gurley and the rushing game for the Rams and Jared Goff. If Nick chubb gets going and they're able to run the ball and run play action and uh, keep the 49ers defense back on their heels and their offense looks great if they can't establish the run and we and they get a good pass rush and we see baker flying out of the pocket it's not as pretty so i'm gonna go with the 49ers here i've, I've picked enough upsets this week i think <laughs> so <laughs> gonna go with one of the favorites and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised by either result really but i think the 49ers at this point i'm starting to trust them quite a bit
1: yeah, it's a big game for both teams because, like we said, it's the Browns are coming off with the most momentum they've had this season, and now with the Niners, they're coming off their bye, and, and they've yet to lose a game, so they still have a ton of momentum. So it's a big game because it's sort of a statement game, I guess you could say, uh, for both of these teams, and getting a win would put them in a great spot as we move into Week 6. So there you go. There's all our picks for the games uh, for Week 5. Uh, should be another fun and exciting Uh, week of football as uh, a lot of great games on the schedule and uh yeah so there you go there are picks and uh be sure to check out all the great stuff we have going up over at clutchpoints.com and subscribe to the podcast and uh, dylan can tell you where to find all that great stuff
0: yeah for the podcast on apple spotify uh, soundcloud any of your usual outlets you use uh, next week, we'll have the yeah the, the week five takeaways and then Blake's waiver wire pickups. For all of our other fantasy articles, just search fantasy football on clutchpoints.com. We'll eventually have that fantasy section up. Excited for that over the next couple of months, hopefully. But in you know, the NFL tab, each there's team tabs where there's more information where you can see uh, social feeds with actual live uh, kind of tweets from beat writers and all those things along with the articles that we write on each team. So check those out. All our NFL stuff just under that NFL tab as well. So a lot of great coverage. We'll have the fantasy injury report coming up this week some more uh, daily fantasy stuff and just overall kind of previews for individual players going into these games coming up yep
1: should be a lot of fun lots of great stuff going on at clutch points So be sure you check all that out subscribe to the podcast and uh we'll be back next time with another great episode of the establish the past podcast